0: Well, hello, everyone. Welcome to Wednesday in the Word. I am so honored to have you as an audience on today. This is our day where we spend our day in the Word. We start at 6 a.m. to 6.15 in prayer. Something to add to your day that won't take all day from 6 a.m. to 6.15. And then at 12 noon, we start Bible study. And then at 7 p.m., we're back again with Bible study. And so thank you for being a part of our Wednesday in the Word. Um, I wanna pick up where I left off on that. We've been looking at this whole danger sign, the danger signs of falling into the debt trap. And that um, we wanted to be clear about what those danger signs look like. At this point of our teaching, um, we've concluded that we're in the debt trap And for many of us, we don't know how to get out or what we can even do about it. We've been looking at the causes of debt, the cost of debt. We've looked at the consequences of debt. And in my last two segments, I started focusing on the cure of debt. And so on today, I want to continue with the cure of debt. We've looked at the causes. We've looked at the cost. We've looked at the consequences. And I want to focus even today some more on the cure. Now, I suggested that um, for those of us who are in debt, there is a way out of debt. The good news is there is a way out. There is a way out. There is a way out. God tells us that if we would do it his way, if we do it his way, we can get out of debt, and we can stay out of debt permanently. So, Pastor, what are the steps to freedom that will get me out of debt? And let me just say something before I give you these steps. I want you all to be real clear that many of us can't even imagine living a life without debt because we've been so inundated with debt that we think that debt is normal and is supposed to be a part of life. It doesn't have to be. Um, I don't know if you can imagine not purchasing a car on credit, but literally being able to purchase a car without having debt. Now, I do understand debt as it relates to mortgages and car loans, but please understand, I do want you to imagine and to frame your mind in such a way to know that it is possible to be debt free, that it is very much possible. So pastor, the question is what are the steps to freedom that will get me out of debt? What are those steps? Well, let me give them to you real quickly. Step one is commit to becoming debt free. Step two is, Start paying God and yourself first. Okay. Start paying God and yourself first. Step three, list all you own, owe, and earn. All that you own, all that you owe, and all that you earn. Step four, I need you to have a sale. Step five, set up a repayment plan. Now, you're never going to get out of debt accidentally. You're going to have to be intentional about getting out of debt. Now, I gave you all steps one through five, and uh, I, I wanted to make sure you had those steps. If you want to hear the information that's attached to each one of those steps, I want to encourage you to go to our rewind, go to our website carolinachurch.org, and um, not rewind. I'm sorry. I want you to go to at demand. That's what I'm sorry. At not rewind, but at demand. I want you to go to at demand on our website carolinachurch.org, and you can in fact um, get the information attached to step one through five today. I want to pick up right at step number six. Step six is if you are going to experience financial freedom. You need to decide to accelerate the plan. That's step six, decide to accelerate the plan. Now, if, you, if, if your plan is to be out of debt in 10 years, I need you to look at how you can accelerate it to seven years instead. You can save tons of money if you can pay down the principal. Hey, pastor, listen, that's impossible. The Bible tells us in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 18, verse 27. Here's what it says But he said, What is impossible with man is possible with God. I need you to know this, you all. What appears unable to happen is an opportunity for God to laugh at it in heaven because nothing is impossible. God. Now, in order to get out of the debt trap and accelerate the plan, we're going to have to reverse some habits and some thinking. We're going to have to reverse some of our habits and some of our thinking. Let me give you at least three of them. Number one, number one, we're going to have to stop overspending. Now, this is hard. It's a hard habit to break but we're going to have to stop overspending. That's number one. Number two is that we're going to have to repay the principal and the interest and an any extra towards the principal that we can. So we're going to have to literally repay the principal, repay the principal um, and the interest. And we wanna be able to add a little extra towards the principal so that we're not spending as much money long-term. And we wanna be real clear to make sure that we're asking them to add that extra to the principal so that the amount is no longer being um, compounded with interest. Now, number three, we have to learn to operate on a financial margin so that you are now spending less than you are making. Remember, I told you 10, 10, 80, 10% to God, 10% to yourself, learning to live off of that 80%. Now, this is not easy, but nothing is impossible with God. God will help you if we are willing to do this God's way. Let me give you step seven. Step seven is if we're going to experience financial freedom, we should add no new debt. Come on, say it with me. Put this in the chat. Add no new debt. If we're going to experience financial freedom, we're going to have to add no new debt. As you are developing your plan to get out of debt, you are not to add any new debt. The number one reason why people get into debt is because they spend more than they make. And we have to stop that kind of behavior. I want you to take a look at um, Hebrews chapter 13. Look at verse five. Verse five says this, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have. Now, this right here, you all, is the greatest key for staying out of debt. That's the greatest key for staying out of debt. Let me give you step eight. Step eight, I believe you all, um, is also just as important. Step eight is to dialogue with your creditors about your plan. I need you to have conversation with your creditors about your plan. There needs to be conversation with the creditors. Now, when you are talking to your creditors, your ask of them ought to be about one of three things. One of three things. Number one, one of three things. Ask for payment reductions. Payment reduction. All right. You want a payment reduction. Two, lowered interest rates. If they could lower your interest rates. Or three, stop the compounding interest Now, there are ways to reduce the amount you have to pay per month, thus making the debt more manageable. And there are ways to possibly lower interest rates, thus reducing the long-term debt. We have a responsibility, however, to notify the people that we are in debt to and make them aware of your plan. They ought to know about the things that you are considering, that you are changing, Make a list of all of your creditors. I want you to call them. Let them know that you have no intentions on filing bankruptcy. That's not good for the, for you, nor is it good for the creditor. Tell them that you are not able to pay your current minimum payment amount. You can't pay it. But here's what you can pay. And then ask them to help you with your situation. Let them know that you are going to pay the bill off but you need their help and ask them if they are willing to help. They might say, okay, pay the debt and we'll stop the compound or stop compounding the interest. Or you can ask your creditor, maybe they ought to, if they would stop compounding the interest, that's what you want to do. Ask them if they would consider stop compounding the interest. It doesn't hurt to ask. Here's what the Bible says, you all, in Proverbs 16, verse 7. You've got to arm yourself with the word of God. And here's what the Bible says in Proverbs 16, verse 7. When you please the Lord, you can make your enemies into friends. Wow. (laughs) When you seek to please the Lord, God can turn it so that the enemies can become your friends. Now, I want you to let us, I want you to watch God move in your, I want you to watch God move in your situation. Here's step nine. Step nine is I want you to stick to the plan. Stick to the plan. Getting out of debt is not easy. It's difficult. It's going to take discipline. It takes effort. It takes sacrifice but we have to stick to the plan. These principles that I've given unto you work, but you must work them. They work, but you must work them. I mean, you all, um, faith without works is dead. You must work the principles. You've got to work them. Galatians chapter six, verse nine tells us this. Let us not get tired of doing what is right. For after a while, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't get discouraged and give up. All right. Let me give you step 10. Step 10 is that I now need you to develop discipline in financial matters. All through step nine, I've been trying to get you to this place to develop discipline in financial matters. I'm going to need you to go ahead and cut up that plastic. Cut that card up. Didn't say close the account, but cut that card up. As a matter of fact, we ought to just have a cutting up credit card ceremony. That's what we ought to do. Just cutting up the card. Not calling the creditor to ask them to replace it that you lost it. I didn't ask you to call the creditors to close the account. Not asking you to do that. But what I am asking you to do is to go ahead and put into place discipline, put into place boundaries. Just cut the card up. The Holy Spirit, who gives us self control, can help you change your spending practices by changing your desires and priorities. Self-control is one of the fruit of the spirit that, that we are guaranteed to receive when we ask for it. The struggle to refuse impulse buying is really fought in the heart. It's something that's fought in our hearts. In Proverbs chapter 16, verse 3, here's what we're told. It says, commit to the Lord whatever whatever you do, and he will establish your plans. It would be wise to engage uh, an accountability partner to hold you accountable in your spending. But I need you to continue to work your plan to solve your debt problem. All right, now I've given you 10 steps to get you out. Let's go over them again. Number one, commit to becoming debt-free. Number two, start paying God and yourself first. Number three, list all that you own, owe, and earn. Number four, have a sale. Number five, set up a repayment plan. Number six, decide to accelerate the plan. Number seven is you all add no new debt. Number eight, to dialogue with your creditors about your plan. Number nine, stick to the plan. And then number 10, I need you to develop discipline in financial matters. This, These particular um, principles, I am willing to assure you they work, but you are going to have to work the plan. Now, uh, allow me to segue for a moment and and give this to you as I as I bring this lesson to a close today. Listen, there is one debt that you and I will never be able to repay. We'll never be able to. There's one debt that we'll never be able to repay. And it's the debt for our sin account. S.I.N. Sin account. Every one of us owe on this account. And here's why. Because we've all fallen short. We've all made mistakes that we're not proud about. We've all made some choices that did not align with God's word. We've offended God. We've offended other people. We have not held on to the standards of God. And because sin has a penalty, payment is required. Someone has to pay the penalty for our sins. You and I owe a debt that we could not possibly pay. Bible tells us, for the wages of sin is death, and the gift of God is eternal life. What God did for us was he assumed our debt. Wow. Did you just hear what I said? I need you to get this. I said, what God did for you and I was he assumed our debt, he assumed our debt. Jesus Christ paid a debt that he did not owe with his own life. He wipes out all of our spiritual debt simply because of his grace. He does this because he loves us, because he created us, and because he wants the best for us. Jesus has wiped out our spiritual debt so that we don't have to go to hell. We don't have to pay the penalty for our sins. Let me show this to you. In Colossians chapter 2, verse 14 through 15, it tells us, here it is. He canceled the debt which listed all the rules we failed to follow. He took away that record with its rules and nailed it to the cross. God stripped the spiritual rulers and powers Of their authority. The NIV reads like this. Here's how the NIV reads. It reads, having canceled the charge of our legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it away, nailing it to the cross. All I'm trying to get you all to see is that Jesus paid our spiritual debt. Can I get you to help me teach this lesson? I need you to put that in the chat for me. I need you to say this out in the atmosphere where you are. Jesus paid our spiritual debt. Please type that in for me if you don't mind. Jesus paid our spiritual debt. Now listen, before we can start working on our financial debt, we need to first close the books on our spiritual debt. Because you need to have the favor and supernatural power of God at your back, helping you to liquidate your debt. Mismanaging money is not our real problem. That's not our real problem. Mismanaging money is not our real problem. It's a symptom of our real problem, but it's not the problem. Mismanaged money Mismanaged time or mismanaged talent or ability or mismanaged relationships are symptoms of a deeper issue, which is a mismanaged life. You see, the real issue is our lives are not well managed. It's necessary to have someone to come alongside of us to manage our lives. And that needs to be Jesus Christ Himself. That's the whole idea behind making Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. When you hear people say, Jesus is Lord, or make him Lord of your life. Or when you read in Romans chapter 10, verse nine, where it says, if you declare with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. What exactly are we, t- what, what, what? when we talk about the whole idea of Lord, The whole idea of that is we are exactly saying that Jesus Christ is now boss of my life. That's what we're saying. See, most people have no idea about what that means, Lord, to make him Lord of my life. Most of us have no idea because we don't live in a feudal system where there are kings and queens and lords and ladies in our cultural understanding in America. We don't have that in our culture. We don't have vassals and counts and sirs, which is the makeup of a feudal system. We live in a democracy culture, which gives reason for why we don't understand the word Lord. Lord is just an old English word for boss, for manager, for director, or even for CEO. See, Jesus doesn't want to be a resident in your life. He wants to be president of your life. What it means when we become a follower of Christ is that we put up a sign over us that reads under new management. Before Jesus, I was managing my own life. I was managing my own finances. I was managing my own time. I was managing my own relationships. And the truth of the matter is, I wasn't doing a great job with it either. I wasn't doing a great job managing anything I had. I became tired and frustrated, and I was failing at managing it. But being under new management, Jesus became Lord of my life and my new boss and my Lord. And what I'm suggesting to you today is that you need to make Jesus Lord of your life. Y'all, this is the issue that we need to settle first before we try tackling the symptoms of a poor managed life. Now, you you, you might think that your debt is so deep that you are drowning or that it's impossible to get out. Let me tell you all this. Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41. In Mark chapter 4, verse 35 through 41, it tells us that on the day when evening had come, he said to them, Let us go across to the other side and leaving the crowd. They took him with them in the boat. Please don't miss this. I need to say it again. They left the crowd and they took him with them in the boat. Please don't miss that. I want you to get this. They took Jesus with them in their boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the winds and said to the sea, Now, there are many lessons that we can learn in this scripture, but I want you to think of the irony of this situation. Just one. If Jesus is in the boat, chances of that boat sinking is zero. (laughs) Jesus is not going to let that boat sink. Here's the key I need you to hold on to. You need to get Jesus on board of your boat. That means you need to get him in your life, get him in your finances, get him in your relationship, get him in your skills and your talents. And if you get him in your boat with your finances, your relationship with your talent and your time, I can assure you it will not sink. Now, I didn't say you're not going to have some difficulty because you will. But the difficulty will not take you under with the intent of destroying you. No, they asked Jesus a question, do you care? Let me help you. Of course he cared. Listen, if you feel as though you are drowning financially, I need you to cry out to God and ask him to save you. I took the liberty as I closed. I took the liberty of um, putting together this prayer um, that you can pray. I want you to see it. It's on the screen for I want you to see this. I want you to get this prayer. Here it is. Jesus, I know you promised to bless me when I follow your word. So starting today, I'm willing to follow these instructions and do whatever you tell me to do in order to get out of my debt trap. I need you to be the manager and Lord of my life, I ask you to get in my boat with me. Keep me from drowning financially, emotionally, relationally, and any other way the enemy will try to take me out. Be the manager and Lord of my life from this day forward. Amen. Now, my brothers and sisters, I need you to pray that prayer, to make him first in your life, follow the principles, institute the plan, and then watch God supernaturally make a way for you. This, I believe you all, will help us in this debt trap. Let me thank you for your time today.